talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. Real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, hilarious comedian. His first comedy special, Shelf Life, just recently debuted in 2022. You can find it on Amazon Prime. He hosts a comedy interview podcast called The Downside with Gianmarco Soresi. Uh, he has acted in the film Hustlers, the show The Last OG, and Blue Bloods. Please welcome Gianmarco Soresi. Hello. Buongiorno. How are you? Did- did I mess anything up there? Because you were giving me a, 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 qui- a quizzical look while I was doing your oh, intro. Oh, no, no, no. The special came out like a long time ago. And it's, you know, sometimes you hear a credit and you're like, oh, boy, I'm still using this credit. I got I to gotta do something else. <laughs> I got to make something. I mean, 2022 isn't that long ago. It's fine. It technically came out even before that, but it was re-released. You know how it is. I'm going to yeah. do a re-release. I'm going to do a, a farewell tour of the Shelf Life special. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? But new stuff coming soon. Before we get into all that, let us get into your fridge. You guys can see Gianmarco's fridge on my Instagram at StandUpDan. And here we go. It's really intimate in a very different kind of way. Oh, it's your underwear drawer right here. I think I'd rather you see like my nightstand. Look, your fridge is not bad. It's a it's super stacked. Better that it's super stacked than super not stacked. Uh but I will say with comedians, it's one way or the other. Either they're, there's nothing in there because they've been on the road all the time uh, or because they're poor. Or sure. it's stacked because they aren't on the road enough or they're doing really well and they just have someone stacking their fridge for them. I got, I think I, I got a little mix in there. I got, a, I got a lady who, even though I'm on the road, she's at home and uh, uh, keeping it packed. Okay, got it. A lot of that is me, to be fair. A lot of that is me. Now, you you caught just a, a brief moment. There's a, a Walgreens pharmacy bag there. This was the beginning. My girlfriend just had her eggs frozen. So for a while, this is the beginning. It, used to, it ended up being a lot more of, of uh, medication that needed to be cold. And uh, we basically had to clear one of our two little countertops to make like a little shot station with uh, that that red trash can for needles Mm. and all the medications and uh it was there was a lot of different things going on i'm gonna go ahead and apologize to your girlfriend right now if she's listening uh this is something that uh gene marco should have probably taken out of the fridge probably (laughs) keep your privacy to yourself your name is literally there tova i see it oh my god <laughs> this is a bad boyfriend this is a, you should have checked this did you check with her before saying hey i'm going to talk about um the state of your fertility on a very popular food podcast uh, I, I don't know if how, how we feel about that well she listen the procedure happened yesterday it was good <laughs> I, I i took a, a, a picture of our post-op meal and i said should i should i say surgery she said yes and i said okay then we can talk about it till the cows come home wow. so uh, so you know i'm working on my on stage chunks i'm working on everything <laughs> but uh i have a pretty good sense of what bothers her and what doesn't i talk a lot i say a lot i'm pretty pretty forthcoming 
Yeah, so, I just love that, you know, as comics, we usually, it's our life experience that we put on the stage. But no, you're like, honey, honey, I know you're going through some shit. And guess what? The people need to hear about it. You know what's down right below that, though? Those those little boxes, the red and the yeah. orange? That mm-hmm. is some a shrooms chocolate. That ah. is shrooms chocolate for a uh, a glamping trip we're going to take in October. Um, the shroom chocolate is is like the must-have accessory of the summer. Yeah, you know, I did it for the first time uh last year and I was I was anxious, ended up really digging it, but but you know, I was I was I was waiting. I was waiting at least 6 months to yeah. to get back. So, we got a lot in there. That's that's enough for a couple friends to join us. These look like nice shrooms because the packaging is like very slick. It's very nice. Like the shroom chocolates that I've had come from like packaging that was like printed on like a dot matrix printer in like the 90s. I can't tell when they because listen, the guy who gave it to us, he didn't he wasn't in like a nice package. It it came out of a cooler. He Mm. was he was not very friendly. He did Mm. not answer. He did not want to answer any questions. We like I'm sure he gets this a lot. He shows up. This is at least the first time, and we're like, so um, how much do you think we should take for our first? And he's like, I don't know. Can you Google this shit? Like, he doesn't, <laughs> want to, he doesn't want to be involved in our journey. Yeah, he's had it up to here with the journey people. He's, you know, are you a microdoser or a macrodoser? Uh, we did, for the first time, I believe 1.6. Maybe two, which, which, uh, oh, you're throwing out numbers. You're throwing out numbers that I, you lost me. I'm with the fucking dealer now. I'm like, oh God, these guys with their just fucking take the shrooms and leave me alone. It was, it was lower mid, lower mid for sure. And then we added a little more throughout the day to keep it going. But my girlfriend, she, she, she told me about, she did a big trip with her friends. I'm calculated. My girlfriend went on this trip with friends. After she took a little, she's the high started to go away. So she said she just ate a bar or something. Just no measuring. Just ate yeah. it. And soon she was she was apparently speaking in like Hebrew tongues on the bed and was remembering childhood memories. And the way she described it, I would have called the ambulance. It sounded terrifying. Uh so I, I think if there's any good thing I am in her life, I am I am the guy going like, Okay, okay, let's 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 Google. Let's do a little research. Let's just not eat the chocolate bar. I mean, speaking in Hebrew tongues sounds... Because Hebrew in general sounds like you're just speaking in tongues. So for that yeah. to sound outlandish... Hebrew tongues, it probably sounds like you're choking. You're just... <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is a really interesting side basket for sure. Egg freezing medication and shrooms. Yeah, I like... This is the, this is the sinful basket. There's alcohol. There's Heineken's. There's uh, some sort of crema situation... Uh, maybe a tahini. I don't even know what that is. Uh-huh. There is uh, some sort of marinade over here, like a teriyaki marinade, I'm guessing. Uh, I Listen, I, and anything that's not like super basic, that's that's my girlfriend is is more of the, the chef. Well, I, I, sh- like, I don't know what that marinade is. I'm sure I've eaten it. I have no idea what it is at all. Yeah, it looks like that. I'm I'm just t- from the backside. I'm judging from the backside here. I think it's like that. It's like a teriyaki marinade. It's like that. It's like that teriyaki marinade that has like the Jewish lettering on it, like the Hebrew English letters. Sure. Ugh, it's 
Guys, write into me. Tell me what it is. I'm forgetting. Uh, Lacroix. You've got a plain flavored Lacroix, which love to it. me is a waste of Lacroix. You're going. I I'm going it. to Lacroix for the fun flavors. I want the tangerine. I want the pomplamousse. I want the kiwi strawberry. Don't come at me with your plain Jane Lacroix. I like the bubbles. I, I, it's really that's what the seltzer is about. It's about the bubbles. Honestly, like I like pomplamousse. I'll give you pomplamousse. I'll give you coconut. Almost everything past that, it's way too much flavor. It's too much. It feels like I'm drinking like, and it's not even the good candy. It's just it's it's gross. It's it's like a a, a chemical version of whatever that fruit was. Yeah, I like plain. I like plain. Little bit of lemon. Pomplamousse is good. It's not too strong. But you get like lemon pomplamousse. That just tastes like you you didn't uh, uh, wash the dishes well enough and there's some dish soap left over. Watermelon <laughs> pomplamousse. Watermelon. My favorite fruit in the entire world, watermelon. It has never worked as a flavor. Oh, never. I like the watermelon. I'm Look, I'm with you that some of them are really awful. Key lime, LaCroix, key lime can suck my fucking dick it can suck my fucking dick and i've never said that on the podcast before that's how angry i am lemoncello is my is my eat my ass lemoncello (laughs) eat my ass yes lemoncello can eat my ass and and key lime can suck my dick at the same time i will have the devil's threesome with those two flavors if I go somewhere and there's a new LaCroix flavor they're trying out, I'll try it. I I feel like I got prune once. Would that is that possible? Prune? Wow, I, I've never seen prune. And I, again, this is about you. You're the you're being interviewed here, but and I'm not trying to toot my own horn horn, but I am a a LaCroix influencer. Okay, I get sent a box every quarter of some new. Random shit that they're trying. Last Seriously? time was the limp. Yeah, and last. How can I get on that list? I got you, bro. <laughs> oh wow, I feel special. That's a. I've always wanted to be that for Lacroix. But, but here's the thing, I you can't buy my influence because the last one that they sent me was the limoncello, and I was just like, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not, I'm just not gonna post. Although now I'm like saying that it can it can eat my ass while the key lime sucks my dick. So I do feel like I should also. Let them know, I do love the watermelon flavor. I love pomplamousse. The tangerine is a new flavor that is tickling my taste buds. But in terms of sucking my dick and eating my ass, no. They will not be doing that. That will take them out to dinner. They're classy. I will will introduce them to my mom. What about coconut? Coconut? I'm on the fence. Which is tough to say because it's such a polarizing flavor. Uh, Because it does taste aggressively of sunscreen. But I still don't hate it. No, me neither. Me neither. I go through waves. But listen, plain, you can't go wrong. It tastes like you're doing something. I can't just have water with a meal. It feels like you don't have a drink. But you add a little bit of seltzer to it, a little of that metallic can taste. It feels like it's a special drink. You've added something to the meal. I just feel like... And this is quickly turning into a, a, a debate on sparkling water, which, I, which I'm here for. I just feel like if I'm going to have a brand's sparkling, plain sparkling water, I, it would be like if Coca-Cola started making, we're just making seltzer now. It's like, wait, 
No, I come here for this sugary sweet goodness, and now you just want me to have the plain? If I'm going to have plain, I want a, a San Pellegrino. I would like a Perrier. I'd like a Gerolsteiner. I'd like a, a, a host of other wonderful sparkling mineral waters. I just feel like I'm being a little bamboozled by Only getting the plain the LaCroix. I have so much Perrier because uh, I work at the, the Comedy Cellar, and they have, uh, I think it's Perrier, in a, in a plastic bottle. Get that shit. I hate plastic bottles. If it was, if it's in a glass, very nice, very fancy. Plastic, give me a can any day. Now let me just say this, because I am a Lacroix man, but there's one thing that beats it right now for me, and that is uh, maybe I'm getting the name wrong. Is it Spindrift? Is that correct? Uh, it is Spindrift. Yes. The lemon Spindrift is because most most seltzer companies again the flavor is way too strong. I'm not. I I I don't like that shit. But Spindrift Lemon, just enough. Compared to the Limoncello, yes. I mean, Spindrift, I'll go down on a Spindrift. You know? <laughs> the thing is, Spindrift is cheating, though. Because what Spindrift does is they use actual fruit juice in, oh, the, God. in the flavor. Okay? So, the, LaCroix, it really has the challenge. Because they're, they're basically making that smell in a lab. Okay? To make it in a lab and make it palatable, I mean... That's doing God's work. It's literally doing God's work. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> no, Spindrift is delicious for sure. Um, but I'm actually very much with you on, as I'm drinking Evian out of a plastic bottle, um, but using plastic bottles on sparkling drinks is, is an abomination. And in fact, I, I think I did a deep dive on this before, but you lose some of the bubbles um, you lose some of the carbonation in plastic. You, use, you lose the most in plastic because it is like t- a little tiny bit porous, or at least it's more porous than glasses. So it doesn't hold it in as well. Give me a can any day. I'm a can man. I hate bottles. I hate bottles. Yeah. I don't know what's better or worse for the environment, but cans, <laughs> 100% cans. I want everything out of a can. Uh, children in Uganda have to mine that aluminum for the cans, and one in eight of them die by the time they're seven. But you know what? We don't give a fuck. Turn it into We've... a flavor. I'll try it. Uganda <laughs> children, LaCroix. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. I think that I think we should probably move on from, I don't know how we're going to one-up Ugandan children, LaCroix. Now, look, there's moose there. I told you. I got like moose. You do have pomplamoose there. Uh, I'm going to ding you. Can I ding you on a couple things? In general, this is not a bad fridge at all. You know, maybe you could marry condo the place a little bit, organize it a little bit, maybe labels out just a tiny bit here and there. I guess that's not for you, though. That's a message for uh, Tova, which I'm reading off of the prescription here, because you left the name. It's for God's sakes, Jim Marco. <laughs> but uh, you guys have a disgusting, vile... Okay, okay. Half half of an avocado. Raw dog. No cover. No plastic. Let's just debate out it. there. Let's debate it because I got feelings on this. Hold on, hold on. Let me just let me just set it up for the listeners at home. Front and center. Just like really like like a like like at the edge of the diving board. Like Greg Luganis on the edge of the diving board, ready to jump off, presenting 
It is not only a half of an avocado. It's a half an avocado that is a shade of brown. You can't tell where the pit ends and the flesh begins. Zooming so much. It's brown on brown on brown. It's disgusting. What say you, Gianmarco? First of all, it's unfair to zoom in. If if we took either of our faces and zoomed in as far as you're zooming in on that avocado, we would look horrifying. (laughs) I listen. This is, first of all, yeah, it's a little bit brown. That is just the top layer. You just do a little skim, it's gone, and it doesn't taste any different. My girlfriend and I have a big debate about this. She got the fucking $15.99, looks like an avocado cover, and you put it over, and it doesn't really fit because obviously avocados are not the same size every time, so you barely fit it in there. Why do you need the cover? To prevent it being a little bit brown on top, it's a waste of whatever you're using, a waste of a plastic bag, waste of saran wrap, waste of of having to wash an avocado cover. You don't even need a fucking avocado cover. So I say, let them loose. Let them loose. I'm going to use them the next day. The brown doesn't matter. It tastes just as good. I'm not going to add to the dishes. I swear, sometimes my girlfriend will cook, and it's as if she was like, can I use every dish in the apartment for this one meal? I say, eliminate them all. It's fine. The air is fine. It's a little bit of color. Let it breathe, baby. Let it go. Are you done with your TED Talk? Yeah. Okay. Couple things to unpack there. First of all, what is this infomercial uh, avocado cover thing that you speak of? Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. Imagine like, uh, God, how do I how do I describe it? It's it's shaped like it's got a little bit of wrapping around the edges, and it's shaped like an avocado. You know, an a, a, a Aristotelian avocado would be like a perfect kind of a teardrop shape with <laughs> right. a perfect, right? Incredible use of Aristotelian in that in that example. Uh, I don't even know if I'm saying the word right. And then a pit, and so ideally, you're able to take the half of the avocado. And just put this covering and have it wrap around so it covers just the surface area needed for a half avocado. That's the craziest, most unhinged thing I've ever heard in my life. That is a sign that our empire is coming to an end. Like years from now, they'll be like, what were were some of the signs that they were just, uh, they had it too good? Oh, well, they started inventing things like avocado covers to cover half of the avocado for the fridge. What do you do? What are you doing with your avocado? Are you putting it in a plastic bag? I'm glad you asked. Please. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked, even though it seems like you asked rhetorically because you <laughs> just wanted to shit on me with, my, with the answer that you knew I had. Yes, I use saran wrap. I will wrap plastic wrap around it like a normal human being, and then I'll put it in the fridge. That saran wrap is such a waste. I don't know if you've seen we had record high temperatures this year. In Arizona, it was 110 degrees. And, and you know, we're both going to have to be in Arizona doing touring at different points in our lives. And when I'm there and it's burning, I will know I'm not responsible for it because I let the avocado breathe. When you're there, I hope you wear a winter jacket and you go, I deserve this because a little bit of brown on the avocado scared me. It is it is fine. It is, it is, it is. I hate the saran wrap. You have, here's the thing with saran wrap, the fucking container for the saran wrap, we've had the same box for what, three years now? It's, it's so broken to pieces that you try to put it on the sharp edge 
and it doesn't quite go and the box is broken and then you have all this wasted and it's all stuck to each other and you barely get it over the avocado and it doesn't stick. It's awful. Just let it go. Okay. You know what? I am willing to I'm willing to give you that one. Thank you. I will give you that one. However, leaving a f- cut onion in the fridge with no cover on it is the most egregious thing that I could imagine in a refrigerator. Because, fine, you're saving the elephants, you're saving the whales, you're not using the plastic. You are ruining all of... Every every time you open the fridge, it smells like fucking onions. All the food is going to have onion smell on it. I understand that putting the plastic on the avocado is merely an aesthetic thing. And I understand that the meat will taste the same once you skim off that top thing. But an onion causes it's like it's like an atomic bomb of smell that has gone off in your fridge and you know it's uh it almost makes me wish that i didn't invite you on this podcast joe marco oh i'm sorry the the beautiful smell of an onion perturbs you i love the smell of an onion oh oh the onion's gonna make what the meat seasoned with its scent the onion is going to go with the meat at the end of the meal. The onion's going to go with the avocado. We're just, this is called seasoning. I'd rather it smell like onion than smell like, you know, half the other things in this fridge. For me, if I had a car and I don't have a car, if they had an onion-scented air freshener, I would choose it. It's a good smell. I like onions. That's why I eat that. I'm not even going to eat that onion. That's just there. That's just there to set the tone of the fridge. <laughs> I love it. That's your little arm and hammer thing. You put an onion. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Wow. I mean, your defenses are so spirited that I have a tough time fighting them. Uh, I'm also realizing you have LaCroix on every floor of the fridge, in every door, on every level. I, I mean, I really do think that you should be an influencer for them. It's, I'm, I'm, it's drinking, like, I'm drinking two a day. If I'm being honest, two LaCroix a day, minimum. And one period at the cellar. <laughs> and you got the uh, La Colombe uh, cold brew here. That's more. Shout that's out. more my girlfriend. I'm a hot coffee guy. She's a she's an iced coffee gal. And uh, uh, yeah, that's her. What's this nourishing people planet thing? What's this hippie juice in a box? I gotta imagine that that's either like a broth or it's like an almond. Milk, but definitely girlfriend. I'm I'm the oat milk. I'm oat milk boy. She's almond or coconut milk. I mean, this milk or broth or whatever the hell it is 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 uh, they they sound like they're saving the planet. They're saving the world with this broth somehow by boiling cows down. They're saving the world. Uh, may I just read a passage off of the side, please? At So Delicious, we believe in nourishing people and the planet. That's why we joined the B Corp movement, whatever the hell that is. We're proud to be a force for good by paying fair wages to our employees, committing to reduce our environmental impact and more. Follow our journey. They're boiling cows in vats. They're literally Macbething poor cows. And And then they write this in the side of their broth. Like they're fucking, uh, you know, uh, Mother Teresa. It clearly says nourishing people, not nourishing cows. It <laughs> makes no claim to be helping the cows. 
So I think that's an honest company, and that's why we bought that product. <laughs> um, again, all in all, very, uh, very good fridge. My compliments to Tova. Wait, no, upper. I want to just say this: this up, upper left, this yellow thing. This is a this is a perfect example. This is a we got this. We live pretty close to Chinatown, mm. and this is some kind of I don't even know. Oh. It's like a be- I mean, it's long. It's long and it's thick, and uh, it's 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 a beet or oh god, some kind of something. And we made it for a dish once, and it was good. But because I don't really, because I don't even know what it is, I yeah. I never. We finally threw it away after having it for a very long time. It's such a. It's so foreign to me. I, I feel like I wouldn't know if it had gone bad or if it's pickled, so it doesn't go. I think it's pickled, probably. But we got to a point where Tova said to me, as she, as she does, she goes, can I throw this out? And I, I go, you know, okay, fine. Six months have passed. You're right. <laughs> you're like, you're like I don't think it's racist anymore if we throw it out. <laughs> I just don't even know what to. And I'm sure it's great, and I'm sure it'll go great in the right dish. But all I make every morning, pretty much, I make an omelet. With the avocado and the onions and things. And I'm like, I'm never going to use it. But that was in the fridge for an ungodly amount of time. So you guys, for for you guys listening and not seeing the fridge, um, it's basically like a log. It looks like it's a log of polenta. That's what I thought it was. Sure, uh, sure. It's yellow and it's in a you know, clear. I think I've seen this in like Asian markets too. Because I do think it's like suspended in some sort of liquid, right? Is it like, is there a uh-huh. liquid in there yeah. i'm not quite sure what it is i'm gonna ask jessica gao who was just on the show and we were talking chinese food she would know uh what that is like it's right next to the pickles which because i just grew up with pickles you know it's not even if those pickles were there for three months i'd be like oh it's okay it's a pickle but because i don't know what this other thing is and it's newer to me yeah i feel more hesitant and that's not good no i think it's okay i think you gave it a shot don't be tough on yourself actually uh we always go to commercial break and i do an interstitial about something that was seen in the fridge and mentioned in the fridge that we were a little confused about and guess what we just found your interstitial there you go The mystery of the weird yellow thing in John Marco's fridge has been solved. It was a yellow pickled radish or daikon called danmuji, which is commonly found in Korean Chinese cuisine. It's a favorite banchan or side dish amongst Koreans. Danmuji is also commonly enjoyed in Japanese cuisine, where it is referred to as takwan. Most of danmuji you'll find in a grocery store today are bright yellow from artificial food coloring. If you want to make it at home, I suggest finding a recipe that uses turmeric as the coloring agent. They are out there. Also, LaCroix, I think you found your next flavor. All right, so let's get to the questions that I ask every guest. What is your earliest food memory? I think it's it's got to be something about ramen. Really? But like the cheap ramen, like the the one in the bag. Mm-hmm. Um not cup of noodles cuz it was it was in the bag. And uh I do remember pretty viscerally my mom would always make me my parents were divorced and uh 
Both of them would make me ramen. But one day my mom was out and my stepdad was cooking and he was not like, he's not a cook. Uh, and he was making the ramen. And this was at a very contentious point in our lives, you know. I was probably four. And I went into the kitchen because I was worried he was making the, the a different flavor of ramen than I liked. And he was like, what are you doing? <clears throat> what are you doing in here? And I, I said, oh, I just check in the ramen. And he said, just for that, I'm making the flavor you don't like. Holy fuck. Yeah, we're good now. But, <laughs> but like, I remember that viscerally as like earliest food memory and earliest being like, no, I think this is fucked up. I think what you did, that there was no crime and there is a punishment. And looking back, he was probably insecure. He was probably stressed. I'm, I look like his wife's ex. I, I'm checking on his performance as a man. Cooking Hold on. Maybe my mom have a tough time. You're the four-year-old version of the wife's ex. You're like the cutest version of the ex. Even worse. <laughs> even worse. Oh, my God. A cuter version of the last guy that fucked my wife. That's stressful. That cannot be easy. I have sympathy looking back. He, he shouldn't have done it, but I understand. I mean, either you're in, a, in an abusive relationship with your father-in-law or you are the most glass half full person I've ever met because you're like, yeah, he beat me because I was looking at the ramen. But it taught me about ethics. It taught me that that's, uh, that's a wrong thing. So uh -huh. it was cool. It was a teaching moment. Listen, at least he gave me food. There's a different version. He didn't give me food. He could have poured the boiling water on me. He could have hit me with the pot. Well, I got a slightly different flavor of ramen. And you know what? I'm not picky. I'm not picky, and maybe that's why. <laughs> Amazing. What is your death row meal? Let's say you weren't as accommodating a four-year-old, uh, and you ended up uh, taking your chopsticks from the ramen and just going at it um, and stabbing your father-in-law in his carotid artery. Uh, and now he's dead. You're For the first time in history, they put a four-year-old on death row. What is your death row meal? Well, look, if it was four... I have a fork in the road when it comes to this answer because on one hand, I'm like, give me fucking McDonald's. Let me feel nostalgia. Big fry, uh, uh, a quarter pounder, multi-patty, and a fucking cold Diet Coke. But mm. it's more about those fries. Like, there's part of me that's like... That's I, like that you're still, I like that you're still watching your weight right before you get executed. <laughs> I've, always liked the taste, I've always liked the taste of Diet Coke. Even when I was a kid, I hated... Sodas were too sweet for me. I never had Dr. Pepper. I never did Mountain Dew. I was always a Diet Coke boy. Thank God. I think it worked out in the long run. Uh, uh, but but I like Diet Coke. So so there's one hand I go McDonald's. Let me feel nostalgia. Let me feel the warmth of those fries. Let me just pour those fries in my mouth one last time. That feeling of just pouring hot, salty fries in my yeah. mouth. Then... Oh, man, it gets harder the older you get because all, you know, food, I think, is the only joy you get as you get older. Mm. The ramen, but like a nice ramen. I want it with meats and tofu and mushrooms and whatever the fuck was in my fridge earlier. You're going you're, you're, you're gonna to go for the ratatouille moment for the moment that your father-in-law <laughs> showed you no love? Yeah, yeah, getting back <laughs> at him. I, but, but like complex and and I love I want to slurp I want to just slurp long noodles and I want to I grew up like I was an anime kid 
And in anime, uh, they always, like, when they would get ramen on the street, they would pick up the bowl. And I still do this, despite no one thinking it's appropriate. I want to slurp it. And I want to get the chopsticks and, and like, like kind of, like, shovel it into my mouth from the bowl. Yeah. Make it spicy. And uh, uh, that really does sound like probably the textures I want. Because I think about food. I think about texture a lot in terms of that that that's what i really like in the slurp and the long and the you want comfort food is what the what the uh the the common denominator is there because there's nothing more comforting than mcdonald's french fries they are a perfect food uh and a hearty bowl of ramen is hard to beat i worry if i really had my trousers i don't know how this works i mean do you know the actual rules is this is is the last meal a real thing they do for all prisoners on death row and how accommodating are they Right, right. Can you be like, I want Chef Morimoto flown in to do an omakase dinner? Sure, sure. I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> get that request a lot. A lot. I, I feel like it's probably like, can I have a filet uh, mignon and they get it from TGI Fridays. I just have right. to believe they're not going above and beyond right at this moment. The whole prison system is completely broken, but right at the end, they really nail that, that last meal part. But I do like the idea of like, a murderous child rapist who's like, I've always appreciated the food of Thomas Keller. Please send me the French Laundry's tasting menu. <laughs> I I worry what I would do is I would do try to do too many things. I would be like a fillet and the McDonald's and the ramen, and it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be good together, and I would regret it. And the reason I say that is because I recently went to a brunch spot. I always try to go to like one good brunch when I'm on the road. And it was a um, Bloody Mary make make your own. And they had like pickled everything, like a, mm. a buffet of pickled everything. And of course, and this is what I do, I was like, I must try every one of these things. And mm. suddenly I got this glass overflowing with like, Pickled broccoli? Why? Do, am I better for knowing that I don't like that? No. But it was just overpouring with pickled everything, and it was way too much, and I tried everything, but at what cost? Right. At what cost at not enjoying the drink for like $45. That's the other thing. It was expensive. So I was like, I was like I'm going to beat the house. Like I'm going <laughs> to, you know. Some people, you're making money. For me, you're losing money on this venture. Right, right. And, uh, <laughs> I worry that's that's what the trap I would fall into. You're like, bring me, bring me some pickled foie gras. You're going to lose money on this one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. By the way, you did make me think a pickled broccoli is not that appetizing, but I haven't seen that very often. I do see pickled cauliflower often, and I don't like it. I think now I'm just realizing I really don't love pickled cauliflower because the florets just kind of break off and turn into like like sand in your mouth yeah. with vine- vinegared sand. I'm not into it. It's hard to know, and it's a balance. We, we have a pickle place uh, near here in New York. And like pickled mango, delicious, mm. delicious pickled mango. Yeah. Uh, it's always a risk. It's always a risk, and I like pickled flavors. I like spicy pickles. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes you're like, oh, oh, they don't sell this in stores for a reason. Sometimes yes. you're like, oh yeah, this is why they don't have this on shelves because it <laughs> yeah. fucking sucks. Fuck you and your pickled kiwi. <laughs> 
I just you saying that, I was like, oh, I want to try some pickled kiwi. But I don't know. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. I mean, mango is definitely one that I would not think would be good, and it's fucking oh, amazing. Oh, so good. Oh, would yeah. That's like a very Indian work? thing. Indians Indians love pickling mango. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I don't believe in stereotypes, but if you say so, all <laughs> Indians like pickled mangoes. Okay. Not touching that. Not touching that. It's a new slur for Indian people. Those goddamn mango picklers. <laughs> It's like a real deep cut. You have to be racist, but also know like high end foodie culture and Indian culinary traditions. Um, what is the best high end meal you've ever had? We, uh, we. Whenever I say we, I'm just my girlfriend and I. Uh, the single yeah, unit. Tova. We know her date of birth. We have the prescription in the uh, fridge. We went to. I, I like healthy. I like healthy. I have. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, we went to um, like a farm-to-table restaurant in oh somewhere in New York. I forget. Steel Stacks is is the venue, but it's just like a cool New York little town. And there was a farm-to-table place where you were allowed to say this. You could go uh, beef and beets, and the chef would concoct a dish like Iron Chef style involving those two ingredients. Like like a magical world where you could just say kind of what you were kind of in the mood for and they would create a dish based around that. It's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And I don't know the name of the restaurant. It was the greatest meal. I was I was also stoned out of my mind. <laughs> Way to bury the lead. <laughs> I know how to feel happy when I'm stoned and very much like food when I'm stoned. I like eat it like a, a, a body experience. And sometimes I honestly, it feels like a waste to have a really good meal. If not, I'm not at least five milligrams stoned <laughs> because this meal, oh my God, it was one of the best of my life. I like to think that you were so high uh, that they don't do that thing where you just tell them two ingredients, but you were just so stoned. You were like, I want beets and beef. And they were like, sir, we don't. And you're like, beets and beef. And they're like, okay, guys, he's, he's being unruly. Just fucking make him something with beef and beets and, and let's get him out of here. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, I would buy it. But this was the first restaurant I've, I've ever felt, oh, I want to bring a friend on this journey. Hour wow. and a half two-hour car ride for this meal. Wait, we ha- I would love to find the name just because I want to give them a shout-out. It would be really nice to them. Bolet. B-O-L-E-T-E. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, this is badass. Oh, this looks very, very good. It's got the $4 signs on Google, so you know. Ooh, look <laughs> at that. You go to the website, it's just pictures of these giant fucking mushrooms. I love mushrooms, man. I was at the grocery store the other day. They had on sale. Uh, it's it was called lobster mushrooms, and it's yeah. like thirty five dollars a pound. And I would never buy that because I don't. You know what? You've tried those. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. Oh my god! I it would be such a waste in the shitty omelet I make in the morning. But ooh, I want to. <laughs> no, try lobster to- mushrooms are okay for that because they're not like super delicate uh they're like they're kind of meaty they're nice i think that in an omelet it's a it's a nice little decadent omelet you made yourself yeah but let 
best meal of my life, hands down. I'm glad we gave them their shout out. They need their comeuppance. Um, although it seems like they're doing just fine. <laughs> it was so uh, good. I want to. I want to go back. I've forgotten about this place. What's the best low end meal you've ever had? This could be a street taco, a slice of pizza. Man, growing up in Potomac, it's tough to tell when you're younger. Your palate is so unrefined, but like for me, just like there's this place called Potomac Pizza, and I would get cheese, cheesy fries, and I would just smother them in Tabasco. Oh my God. This was back, there, there's a certain age. I'm very uh, health conscious, weight conscious. Now I feel like my cholesterol's high, and I'm cholesterol conscious. But you'll never, you'll never be able to experience the joy of when you didn't even think about that shit at all. Right. At all. And I would eat a tinfoil tray. Like, it, you know, when you got it to go, it would come in this tinfoil that I think once I tried to microwave, it almost started a fire. <laughs> but man, that, that feeling of just stuffing those spicy, and I would have two Diet Cokes just to get through it. And I didn't even think about it. I didn't even go like, oh, I'll, I'll, I don't have to have all the cheese in this. I just fucking ate it. That's the best, that's the best man. I, I think of all the fast food. I tell Tova all the time. I didn't grow up. There were no Taco Bells where I lived. So I never got to experience what it's like as a kid to be like eating as many tacos from Taco Bell as I want. Yeah. And that's honestly partially why I get stoned. And don't worry. I eat fine. I eat a lot. But, but. I know you were worried. I just feel like people are always like, uh-oh, eating disorder. I have the appropriate amount of eating disorder. But <laughs> when I get stoned enough, I think something that, that part of me that is like, you know that thing of uh, with little kids, the marshmallow experiment? Do you, do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Where is it like get one a day or get all of it at once? They, they leave a marshmallow uh, on a table in front of a kid. And this has been debunked, obviously, at this point. But... But you leave a marshmallow, and then you say, I'm going to bring a second marshmallow in a bit, but don't eat that marshmallow. And then they leave the room. And the theory is that like you could tell who has more willpower, more ability to make a good decision by the kid who would wait longer for that second marshmallow. As opposed to the kid who like was like, oh, and then would eat it right away. They couldn't wait. Right. I think I would have passed the marshmallow. Ex- I, I would have waited. Uh, too long, in fact. I would have died of starvation. I would have jumped on the test taker from behind, give them a rear naked choke, and br- say, bring out the whole fucking bag, bitch. Let's go. Absolutely. That, that's the third kind of kid. <laughs> that's the kid That's the kid who starts a food podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. But what, if I'm stoned, I feel like I'd be like, ooh, I just want that marshmallow. And I enjoy my life more. And I enjoy food more. I'm, not, I'm able to like not think about the future for a second. Right. What about drunk? Do you have a favorite drunk food? I honestly don't drink that often, but I am like a tequila margarita, and I just feel like that goes well, like frozen margarita, cold margarita, with with just some good old, good old Mexican food. Just some good. I like crunchy tacos. I'd rather mm. have a cheap crunchy taco than like a nice soft taco. Give me just wow. Give me that shitty meat. I don't get a crunchy taco, to tell you the truth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. I take one bite out of that thing, and suddenly I'm fucking managing a cascade of falling crumbs all over my fucking plate, my lap, 
everything. It's impossible to do it without. I don't like being a messy eater, and there's no way to eat that and not be a messy eater. It's just impossible. Yeah, it's... I mean, messy eating, it's just like I, but do you enjoy a messy, like when I'm alone, I'd like to messy eat. If you're in public, it becomes a fucking, you know, you're embarrassed, napkins, blah, blah, blah. But if I'm alone, you should see me with rotisserie chicken when I'm alone. I am amazed. This is how I know my girlfriend and I are close. Is like she's seen me eat a rotisserie chicken with my hands, with my. I mean, it's really embarrassing. But but a lot of times when I'm home and I go to eat, I just take my shirt off. I go. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm not going to get food on my shirt. I'm going shirtless for this rotisserie chicken meal. Wow, and uh, I like that. I think food is meant to be. I went to um, what is it where you see like the Knights of the Round Table like do a, a, a jousting match? Oh, um, Medieval Times. I did that once in high school, and like they don't give you silverware, and you're supposed to eat with your hands. And, and do I fucking love it? Fuck forks, fuck chopsticks. I want to eat with my hands. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this Western bullshit of not eating with your hands, of not slurping it out of the bowl. Why not? You're, you know how much soup people leave because they can't get it with their stupid fucking spoon? Pour it in your mouth. Enjoy life. Be a pig. You're an animal. We're genetically this this different from a pig. Be a pig. Be a pig. I mean, that was the weirdest Jewish advice I've gotten uh, thus far in this podcast. Be a pig. Uh, I love eating things with my hands. <laughs> I love eating things with my hands. My This is really gross. This is like... this is. When I was a kid, grosser than I, what you just grosser than the soliloquy you just gave us about gross. fucking slurping a, a, like a hog in a trough is how we should so all I'm be eating. Go there. I'm gonna go there. When I was when I was in school and they would give us goldfish as like the snack at the fucking private school. That's all they could give us was fucking goldfish. Those cheap motherfuckers. The best part of goldfish is when you reached your finger in your fucking mouth and you scooped out whatever goldfish mush had been caught in your cheeks. That was the essence of the goldfish. Oh, my just God. <laughs> perfect, just beautiful. And then you chugged down an orange juice and you felt like a man, even though you were eight. That's what I liked. That's what I liked. That was the soul of the goldfish. It is funny. Talking about this, I'm like, honestly, the fridge and the thing, and you know this, obviously, this you, you do this podcast, but I'm like, oh, this is intimate in a different way. I think intimacy in my mind, it's always like, it's about like sex or like right. maybe maybe it's like, you know, bathroom intimacy. You, you you use the bathroom with the door open. Food and the consumption of food is very intimate. It's There's a lot of things that we do in private. Yeah. And when you have a loved one, they know they've seen you. The same way like my siblings have seen me eat probably in a way that only now nowadays it would be like a, a partner would see me eat. I mean, I, right before we started recording, I bought a big, like, tub of yogurt and just ate, like, half of a tub of yogurt, which I've never had that much yogurt in my life, out of the fucking huge, like, it wasn't a single serving one, it was a big one. Like, yeah. a disgusting, like, a disgusting yogurt monster. Um, uh-huh. I went off on it, and you know what? Yeah. Um, would I share that with my... Audience of haughty toddy foodies, if it wasn't for you, probably not. So you see, your being vulnerable is is making me be vulnerable. I've always wanted to do I, I don't think it would be fun, but I do want to do it. 
you do a restaurant where the lights are off, where there's complete darkness. And like, it's a little horrifying. You're like, what if there's a cockroach in my meal? What if it's moldy? But like, I like, I like that challenge. I like that. I, I wanted like with my hands and get it on my face. And who gives a fuck? No one sees. I just want to eat with people in darkness. You're a fucking five year old. You know, you're you you are you you are a five year old trapped in an adult's body is what you are is what I'm realizing here. Yeah, I'm like, what's I'm like, what's your best high end meal? This one place I got to say whatever I wanted to eat, and they made it for me. Okay, <laughs> I, when I when I I mean I don't eat chips really, but when I would eat a salt and vinegar salt and vinegar chips, oh my god! But the, the pain if you were out in public that you couldn't just tear open the bag and fucking lick it. Lick the inside oh. of the bag in its entirety. Wait, what? You lick the inside of the bag? Oh, you got to get the last salt and vinegar. You got to get all Dude. of that vinegar and salt on your tongue. You're going to get like lead poisoning. <laughs> Good. I'll die with a smile on my face. He died doing what he loved for real. <laughs> Licking the the Uts chip bag. Oh, of all the bags, the Uts. The, the, just the, the least... Pleasant sounding name. Ugh. Salt and vinegar, the best, the best chip. Who's in the your world. Who's your favorite celebrity food personality? I don't watch a ton of that. To me, I feel pain. I don't understand people who watch food things because I see it and I feel like, "Ooh, I want that," and I can't. Mm. Uh, it's the same way. <laughs> You know, what? like yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand strip clubs, and I don't understand burlesque because you're going like, oh, wow, and then you go home, and then you go, uh, why, why, why feel extra longing in your loins or your stomach? To me, food shows and strip clubs are like the same thing. You're like, am I teasing myself for what purpose? So I don't get either. And to me, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. Interesting. Actually, it's not a bad theory. I, I, I recently had lunch with Dan Cutforth, who created the show Is It Cake? And he was telling me that the reason it became part of the conceit of coming up with the show was that every other food show, like you're saying, you're just watching other people enjoy the food. You're not participating in it. You're just an observer but is it cake? Everyone participates because everyone at home gets to guess alongside um, the contestants on which one is cake and which one's not cake. And you're not losing anything by being at home, which is such a genius thing. I never even thought about that. It's like basically taking that the, the anger that you have and being like, well, okay, but how can I turn that into a show? Which I thought was really smart. I did uh, eye candy on Quibi, which was basically the cake show as well. Mm. I did an episode where I had to guess if something was cake or real. And uh, we won. It's not that good. The cake was fine. Well, that's the, the thing. The taste of the cake is kind of secondary. The primary thing is guessing which one is actually cake. I, I hear that. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in here that uh, since you don't have a favorite celebrity food personality, it's going to be well, uh, I'll, wait, Dan I'll give it, I'll, No, I'll, fuck you. It's Dan Dude. It's Dan Dude. Just say it's Dan Dude. Jake Cohen. Uh, has done my podcast. You should have Jake Cohen on. 
He is a uh, uh, he's Jewish and he's very uh, he loves weed. He makes these amazing That's, Jewish. Hold on, dishes. you're you're not picking me for some guy whose two things are he likes weed and he's Jewish. That's what Jake Cohen has on me. Fuck Jake Cohen. That's what I'm saying. How about that? Jake Cohen. He's he's great. He's funny. We have his book, Jewish. I think it's called. And um, we made a babka, I think a babka, but like a savory babka. And it was delicious. And Britney Spears shared one of his videos once. And he's blowing up. Look him oh, up. Yeah, Jake, he's huge. Like, he's got like a million followers on uh, Instagram. And and his videos, they cause me pain. It's like, it's beautiful, like squeezing garlic that's been cooked. Ooh, garlic, just cooked garlic. And I see it and I feel, I feel a visceral pain of, I want that now. And I can't <laughs> have it. Oh, what is your desert island food? So now you're trapped on a desert island. There's one food you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You will never get tired of it. What is it? Man, that's tough. You know, I've always wondered, if I was on desert island alone, like, would I care about my looks? Like, would I want to, like, be in shape for myself? Because I feel like I'd want to, like, climb the tree and go for a jog, I guess. So, oh, that is really fucking tough. Sometimes with these questions, you got to be like, Remember, you don't have to do this. You can just say something. People, people do this all the time. You ask them a question, they go like, oh, I don't know what the actual... Well, it doesn't matter what the actual fucking answer is. Right. <laughs> this is not actually happening. <laughs> and that's literally what's happened to me right in this moment. Well, now we, all, now we all know this is just a throwaway answer. You just prefaced your answer by, um, this answer is not doesn't mean shit. I but, mean, I think, like, I'm going to need something salty, and I'm trying to eat less red meat. I don't eat that much red meat to begin with. But if we're talking, like, one thing to get you through, it's got to be a protein. It's, it's it, not – okay, you're taking it too literal. You're taking it a little too literal. No, you're no, like, but I don't mean survival. I just mean, like, I need that taste of, like, rawr, like, real digging into something and and okay. juices and salty. So, like, mm-hmm. I got to go with, like like, a really good steak – or, or if, if we're talking pr- pr- something that's preserved, like honestly, like a, a what do you call the meat that comes like in a, a dick shape and you chop slices? What like is a that? sausage? Yeah, but you'd, you'd put it on a, a charcuterie board. Like a sopraceta type thing? Like a. Uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you Italian? You just described sopraceta as that, that thing that looks like it's in a dick tube and you cut and put on charcuterie? I think it's That's... either that, either that, or a really good bread, a really good challah. I don't yeah. eat a lot of challah, but like when I do, I'm like, oh, what a amazing fluffy. Uh, That's a good one. That's actually a very good one because I've never had challah and been like, nah, I've had enough. Like it's always a treat. Yeah, and and it's I always could very delicious. Done. And uh, yeah, one of those two. If I could have two, it'd be those those two together. Challah and some dick meat. <laughs> dick me and what? then that yellow thing that was in the fridge i go you know what i'm on a desert island i can finally figure out what this is about how to eat it correctly and i think right. i feel good about that yeah you'll have the time to devote to it is there a food that you can't stand eating first let me just say i pride myself on being very flexible with food i i there's almost nothing that i'll say no to compared to my girlfriend who <sighs> my god the pickiness the allergies and the kosher and the all these things and the cilantro, the cilantro version, cilantro. Poor Tova, version. poor Tova, just froze her eggs, went through the process, and now she's being shamed by you. Tova, 
You can do better, Tova. If the cilantro version is hereditary, we shouldn't be procreating at all. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of life is this to have the cilantro version? What leave, a Tova, leave poor Tova out of this. What food you can't stand eating? Poor Tova. She stocks the fridge when you're on the road. She, she gets uh, the most ethical bone broth money can buy. And now... You're, you we're almost done with this podcast and you just wanted to like just just shame her a little bit before we leave tova this guy is low tova that's a deep cut that's that means no good right yeah yeah hey look i know what tova's name means took me three years to remember i uh, i hate dried dry cheese i hate dry cheese any cheese board, I'll have the brie, but I'll get tired of the brie. I hate dry cheese. I don't get it. I don't get what people are tasting. It tastes like chalk. It tastes like the, the even further than dry. It like it destroys moisture. I hate it. No desire for it better. Blech. I was a little confused at first. Did you mean like, I was like, does he mean a cheese that's been left in the fridge and has crusted over and is dry? No, you mean just a hard cheese. No hard cheese. I don't want any hard cheese. I would rather die than eat hard cheese. First of all, the fact that you call it dry cheese, let me just tell you, the hard cheese community is not missing you, okay? (laughs) You are not, you don't deserve a good hard cheese. What is this fucking dry cheese that they put next to my dick meat that they cut up? I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) And like the fact that like Tova loves cheese and, and like, and she's like a little bit lactose intolerant or whatever. And she like goes like, oh, I need the cheese. And it's amazing when someone has that need where you're like, that is disgusting to me. To, to the, the thought of needing it. Do you let poor Tova eat the cheese in peace? Or do you stand there over her and be like, I can't fucking believe you're eating that disgusting dry cheese. I'm, I'm buying it for her. And I don't even, and I, I have to go feel bad for anyone, feel bad for the grocery clerk where I go, where do you have your uh, dry cheese? And they go, what the fuck? <laughs> This the poor. I imagine grocery store people totally can tell as I approach them that I am a bad boyfriend who was sent there by his girlfriend to get very specific things and does. Tova calls it. She does. This is a. a have you heard this phrase? Weaponized incompetence. Ooh, that's a good phrase. It's the claim that I that I'm not only incompetent because I'm incompetent. But I've weaponized it. I've used, rather than become better, I'm bad because I don't want to be better. As opposed to, genetically, I'm predisposed to being uh, stupid. And, right. and this is a perfect example. This is a perfect example of how it's not weaponized. I didn't come on here and weaponize calling it dry cheese. That's how stupid I am. It's not weaponized. It's it's deep incompetence in my soul i didn't i didn't do this to like i didn't gain anything by being stupid on this podcast i am stupid so and by the way i'm buying her the hard cheese and she and she gets to eat all of it because i don't want any of it so lucky tova i wish i wish she hated watermelon and then i could eat all the watermelon what a blessing that would be if she hated watermelon but no i gotta buy two boxes of the watermelon or two things because i know She's getting in there. So lucky, Tova. Lucky, Tova. Tova, Tova um, please reach out to me on Instagram, and we can get you help. 
We can, there's a lot of services that we can point you towards. I love your belief that Tova is listening to the podcast that I'm a guest on. Tova goes, oh, another podcast? Can't wait to listen to that one. Can't wait to listen to that one. I mean, she's pretty, front, she's pretty front and center in this one. I feel like she should listen to it. I'll tell her. Uh, last question. Uh, this is my favorite question. What is or what are your restaurant pet peeves? Hmm, restaurant pet peeves. I go to diners a lot on the road. Try to try to keep my life just barely livable. I will go to a diner, and that's where I like. I like to sit there for a while, and I'll tip. I'll tip beyond the twenty percent because I'm there longer. I'll tip twenty five, thirty percent. I want coffee refills. I mm. want coffee refills. I I I want it. I want it so constantly. I I love nothing more than you're at a diner. And unfortunately, sometimes it's it's the like less healthy diners where they're on top of it. Sometimes it's like the nice diners, they treat it like a restaurant. And I'm like, no, coffee's different. Coffee yeah. in the morning is different than than whatever other drink. I want to see a, a a woman who looks like she's been or a man, but who's been working there for forty years. Forty years, she's gonna die, and her hands are gonna be in this shape because she's been holding these coffee things for so long. Walking <laughs> around, one one black handle for for regular, one orange. I'm never gonna touch the decaf, but she's walking around, and it's it's boiling hot. And she's that's her job. That's her whole job is just to refill your coffee. Right. And you, you take a sip. You take one sip, and she comes over and she refills. That's what I like. And when it doesn't happen, you know what? If if I have to wait an hour for the free refill, it wasn't free. It was one free. It wasn't free refills. It was one free refill because that's how frequently you came along. So that is my biggest pet peeve. Free refills, coffee, you got to do it. That's a really good one. And it's funny. It's just like you put such a smile on my face because I didn't even think that that is one of the unsung like wonderful things of being at a diner is just the constant IV drip of coffee. And it's true. The lady or the, or the guy who's just like their job is to just carry two buckets of scalding liquid and just like try to pour it all over the table and not get it on the people. It is a real deal. I just went to a diner recently with my family and, uh, and their coffee game was on point and I don't appreciate it enough. So thank you for bringing that up because now I'm going to appreciate it. And look, if your coffee game is not on point, you can't give me a tiny fucking cup. Because some mm. of these places, they give you a tiny cup. And I go, okay, okay. But the refills better be flowing. Because if you're giving me a tiny cup and you're not giving me a refill, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> I need to be awake. I am sad. I am depressed. I have to listen to two headlining sets back. I'm so miserable. <laughs> give me my coffee. Please, I have to go. I have to make clips. I have to go. Oh, is this crowd work clip funny enough? <laughs> it is a nightmare. Give me my coffee, please. Oh my god, dude, I'm dying. I just did that yesterday, and it's like there's no worse place in life than a comedian having to look over his set for fucking clips. <laughs> <laughs>
It's so good. Jimarco, you know, it's always a crapshoot when I have a guest uh, whom I've never really hung out with before, who I don't know very well. You never know how it's going to go. This has been so delightful, and I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are going to be shocked that this is probably the first time we're having a conversation. Uh, so uh, it's a testament to uh, how warm and fuzzy you are and that right away I had this feeling like, oh, we can fuck with each other and this is going to go great. So thank you for joining us and uh, tell the people where they can find you. Find me everywhere. It's my name, at Gianmarco Cerezi. I'm on every platform. It's Gianmarco with a G. It's Italian. And then listen to my podcast, The Downside with Gianmarco Cerezi. It's a place where guests come on and they can complain the way I have about the coffee. So please check it out, The Downside, wherever you get your podcasts. Amazing. Thank you, buddy. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.